So the Jazz fall tonight to the Spurs, 128-126, and the eight-game win streak comes to an end. And joining us now is Tim Lacombe and Jake Scott. And Tim, some big surprises, and then some aspects of this maybe not as surprising. Yeah, it was, um, man, the, they really found their stride in the second quarter. Um, the Jazz played, you know, like we've been watching on this streak. And at halftime, they were 137 offensive rating. And, you know, things were really clicking. But the, yeah, like you said, Pop kind of found something that worked. And it's been those teams that really attack that mid-range, uh, but particularly when the game gets kind of into the guts. Um, the Jazz struggle there because it's a, it's an area on the floor that they're not going to give shots, but they would rather give those than, than obviously rim or threes. So it's a, I think at the end of the day, the, the Spurs just went out, kind of kept playing hard through everything and found a way to win. Someone's driving home and says, well, should I be concerned? The concern I would have tonight, Tim, is this is the same script where we're not going to play pick and roll. We're not going to bring Gobert into the play. We're just going to go one-on-one on you and beat your man, and then we'll shoot a mid-range shot in a way that before Rudy can ever impact it. Like, they played Pirtle flat, so Rudy's got to stay with Pirtle, and if you pull from 15, unless we... The only time I thought we had a chance was when Rudy was switching onto the ball handler. Yep, totally. And, and you know, then Walker make that's all you need. You need to shrink that game down, stay in it, and then he makes that big-time play right over the top of Rudy, and Rudy does a great job of guarding it. But comes down to that, the, the, just the numbers I'm looking at, the Jazz, uh, or excuse me, the Spurs were 58% from that uh, short mid-range area and 41% from the long mid-range area. They took, uh, they took way more threes tonight, which is a little bit of a surprise. Well, that's the craziest one. Ron just said it. They, they took more threes than we did tonight. So, Where did that so, come from? So they played, I think, faster than what we thought they were going to play. But Great. it wasn't the fast break points that, you know, what did they have? Nine fast break points. The Jazz had seven. So it's, it's, we were expecting more of a half-court game with them. But their their half court game. What, what, I'm looking at this because they pushed the ball up real fast, but they didn't score in transition as often as I thought they were going to. Yeah, their half court offense, which is not particularly one that kind of brings fear in your heart. Um, in fact, they're 20th in the NBA in half court offense. Is what killed us tonight. Yep, exactly. They were 111. Uh, in the half court? Cleaning the glass house? Yep, 111.6. I mean, obviously hasn't been completely resolved, but right around there. 112. So you can the see why they like yeah, 112. DeMar DeRozan in their offense last year because more of a mid-range player. Yeah. This young basketball team now is... I mean, it's really interesting to me, like the number we had about, I don't know if you heard this one, Tim, and DeJounte Murray is their number one guy in, in the clutch, and he doesn't take any, th- like, he takes some threes to- until the clutch, and then then it's gone. Like Right. He just goes right to his that nail. Right. And so he, he, t- he came into this game taking 26 shots in the clutch, one of them as threes. He took one against us and, and missed things as well. Um, but that's, you know, that's their game. They, they really, once they get late in the game, that's where they go. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, there there is a part of this that, uh, again, is we've seen a bunch. Uh, is long-term concern probably 
partial, but you know, these games happen. You know, these you, you, you hang around these games, and uh, the Jazz have been playing terrific basketball tonight just against a team that just came in, and, and you know, they wouldn't go away down 16. They, they stayed right there. Well, that third quarter really did the Jazz in, I think. You know, they were 17 for 25 for 68 percent in that third period, and uh, the puzzling thing here is that the Jazz knew what they were getting into. I mean, according to the coaches today, I mean, everything they ran was uh, simple stuff, but they just very good at what they run. Uh, and now the next two ball games against the San Antonio Spurs team is going to be in San Antonio. Playing three times this year. So well, that, means, that means Hotel Emma. That's all good for me. Hotel who? Emma. Oh, yeah. yeah. Best hotel on the road. I beg to differ. I, I would probably beg to differ with that, too, <laughs> yeah. but it's kind of cool. Well, right. now now that the Haunted Hotel in Oklahoma City isn't a thing anymore, right? <laughs> the scurvy, the scurvin. What, what's scurvy. it called? Yeah, the scurvy. <laughs> Not the scurvy. Scurvy, that'd be a great name for a hotel. <laughs> who, who doesn't want to stay Where's there? Where's the place that all the sickly people stay? <laughs> the, 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 the scurvy. scurvy. <laughs> I think it was Doug Burrell that said that he uh, saw a ghost. Yeah, that's what they say, right? Yeah. And, and the team doesn't stay there anymore, though. Am I, no, am I, I think it was the Kyrie Irving bed bugs that got everybody to stop staying at that hotel. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> Check, please. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, all right, fellas. Great work tonight, as always. Thank you very much, Jake. And Tim's actually double shifting. Is he okay? Yeah, he's he's hanging in there. You know, he, he he's done some jumping jacks to keep it going but they actually right. they, they brought me in a seat with a seat belt so so i won't slouch oh, okay. they kept me upright up here got the room crisp cool you know we're cooling it down it, you know. do, it, do it letterman style yeah uh thanks guys 128 to 126 your final jazz fall tonight we're breaking it down next on the jazz radio network Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight. Tough one at home to the San Antonio Spurs, 128 to 126. Jazz get uh, 27 points from Donovan Mitchell on 10 of 23, shooting 3 of 11 from 3. Jordan Clarkson with 21 coming off the bench. Rudy had 16, 14, and 2. Uh, the Jazz had six players in the double figures, but uh, came up short, coach Lacombe, as. Uh, this was, uh, you know, we get so focused on the Jazz offense. Defensively, this is not what we're used to seeing from this Jazz team. No, I thought they, they took a step back tonight defensively, and I, I do think there is something because it, it tends to rear its head with this scheme, um, with teams really focus on isolating the Jazz, taking Rudy out of it, like uh, David said, and the, uh, then attack that mid-range area. Um, in teams that have done that, and have been successful shooting the ball there, have been successful against the Jazz. And, it, it, you know, it's interesting. They score seven straight possessions down the stretch. That doesn't happen very often no. this team. So, yeah, something, was, uh, something wasn't quite locked in defensively, in my opinion, tonight. Um, for the Spurs, Keldon Johnson led the way. Man, was he good tonight. 10 of 13 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, had 24 points, 8 boards. Uh, let's see here. Um, Derek White had 22 points tonight for the Spurs. Lonnie Walker had 19 coming in off the bench, including the uh, the final shot that put the Spurs uh, ahead for good, which absolutely was a prayer. No, it was a prayer. I mean, it was <laughs> going right over the top of Rudy, falling away. I mean, give him a ton of credit for making it, but 
I mean, sometimes I, I don't know how many times out of 10 shots he's making that go down. Let me put it that way. Yeah, he, you know, the Jazz played that great. Rudy ends up on him and uh, goes straight up and does a great job of trying to affect the shot. And it was almost as though he hit Rudy's body, double clutched, and was able to kind of, like you said, a prayer over the top. But that's that's what's really difficult, you know, with a team like this. They get into that rhythm in the in the half court, in the mid-range, and the Jazz just didn't have enough. Like, they played way more offensively in the half court tonight. So the game, the tempo of the game and everything kind of favored the Spurs in that regard. Yeah, it, it certainly felt that way. And in this run where the Jazz have been so good in the third quarter, I mean, we, we've we seen over and over again where the Jazz will kind of have a game at half and then just put them away in the third quarter. And that uh, tonight's game, the Jazz were dominating at halftime and then absolutely gave it all back in the third quarter, being outscored 41-23. to 23. So tonight tonight was backwards in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and to your point, the Jazz are number one in the NBA in – uh, second half offensive rating, they're a 136. So that first half, they're a 137. Uh, yeah, it was like the two, two re- the reversals of half. And uh, the the Spurs did a nice job because you can get down, you can you know pack it up and leave. Uh, but they really kind of came back quickly on the Jazz started that third quarter and got a little bit of life. And uh, the Jazz just couldn't put anything together to to hold them off. 128 to 126 is your final. The Jazz fall tonight to the San Antonio Spurs. With that, we will say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way tomorrow night from right here at Vivint Arena. The Washington Wizards are in town. The game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have a post-game sound for you, and we'll continue to break this one down next. Jazz fall tonight to the Spurs, 128 to 126, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Tough loss tonight for the Jazz. They fall to San Antonio, 128 to 126. We'll get you some uh, post game sound coming up here momentarily, but. Uh, you know, San Antonio is a team that's going to play hard. I know their record isn't terrific, obviously, Tim. Uh, this is only their 11th win on the season, 11-17. and 17, And we talked in the pregame about how they've got some young players, some nice players, but, uh, you know, you have to turn it over eventually, and that's kind of the process that the Spurs are in. But you know they're going to be well-coached, and you know they're going to play hard because that's what uh, Greg Popovich's teams do. And, and they had a great plan. You know, I think they they really threw the kitchen sink at the Jazz defensively. Um, in that first half, um, and really offensively, it took them a minute to find uh, that rhythm. But the way they attacked the mid-range really interesting. I, I think the stat that I looked up today that was absolutely insane to me, you have to go back to 2014-15, uh, that year where the Spurs were actually out of the bottom five in three-point attempts. So from you know 15 to now, to the present, the the Spurs have finished somewhere in the bottom five in number of three-point t- attempts. And, and I kind of 
you know, that, that I took note of that. They're certainly taking the least amount this year. Um, but even that was weird tonight. They took more threes than the Jazz uh, and still really dominated in the mid-range, too. Yeah, I'm sure Popovich, uh, you know, familiar with probably how the Jazz play, certainly familiar with Quinn Snyder. We've seen some great games certainly over the years. Well, yeah, is, is it a surprise he came in with good game plans? Not at all. Not. No. I, I mean, I'm surprised. The, the biggest surprise is that because I really did believe even when the Spurs pulled ahead, um, coming down the stretch, I made the comment to you a number of times, you have your team totally primed and prepared and the other team's just a little bit better. And that's what I expected. The Jazz just figure out a way to win it. But uh, unfortunately, don't get anything on that last play and um, the Jazz lose. I'm very curious and I hope we don't know if we'll hear from him tonight, but I'm hoping that we hear from Rudy Gobert because I wonder what he's going to say about the defense. Yeah, he can't be ultra pleased. I mean, the one thing we talked about in our talk, um, you know, interview to, uh, with Rudy today, I asked him specifically how the communication was on the team, you know, in terms of defensive communication, how important it was first. And he talked about how important it is. It's really the, the lifeblood of a defense, um, the ability to understand what everybody out there is doing. And I think it's what he does so well. And, and then he said, I asked him what, what, how you grade this team. And he said, you know what, we kind of we in and out of it. We can be way better. And I feel like tonight was one of those nights where they were just a little bit off defensively. And we've seen when they're locked in. Um, and tonight the Spurs got way more, um, you know, probably got way more good looks typic- you know, than typical because the Jazz were maybe just a little bit off defensively. I want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators Program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 21 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from the Jazz Bear, a $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to nba.com slash jazz slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. Let's get some postgame sound going. Let's go down to the media room and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Tough game on a lot of levels because of um, how committed they are to running and cutting. Um, and, you know, they came out obviously really aggressive from three. And I thought we didn't, you know, there was some uncontested threes. There were some breakdowns and that obviously gave them, you know, confidence as well. So, but, you know, the third quarter, and, and periodically throughout the game, when we had some opportunities to really extend the lead, you know, we lost lost focus. We're content to trade with them. And then when you start trading and you're missing and they're making, um, you end up with a 41 to 23 third quarter. And to me, that's, you know, it's hard to overcome that and turn it back on again. So I thought we did compete again and raise our level in the fourth quarter, but you know, then you have a completely different game. In, in that third, is it on-ball defense? Is it healthy? I mean, kind of what, what did you see with the media? I think it's just resolve, you know? I mean, um, they, were, they were driving hard to the basket and, you know, not giving guys straight line angles. Um, you know, and then being able to hold your ground. And they made some tough shots. You know, some of those, you know, Vassal hit a cell, had a, you know, a couple pull-ups that were big shots. You know, Murray made a couple late. 
Um, there were clutch shots when he hadn't been, he hadn't been, you know, he hadn't been knocking those down, but that's his shot and he made it late. So, you know, give, give them credit that, you know, they executed, you know, during, you know, the, the latter part of the game, I thought, I thought we did as well. Um, Donovan had that, you know, we chose to, to, uh, to attack and, and got a good shot. So, you know, no one subbed and whatnot, but, um, you know, we got beat, they played hard, they played well. And, um, we were just inconsistent with our concentration and our execution. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure we'll get it briefly. I think he's had a uh, stomach virus. What I so maybe came out and had to throw up and come back. I'm not sure exactly. So don't, you'll get more information on that soon. Who's behind the uh, decision in the fourth quarter? Uh, to go with the small ball lineup? Well, that, you know, that's something we've used against both Minnesota and Cleveland. Um, you know, they played, you know, put Londale in there, um, you know, who's obviously an excellent shooter. And if he's involved in pick and roll, you know, we, we have, we can, we can switch late, but when they space him in the corner and they're trying to drive us, um, it's an opportunity for us to, go small they were playing small small pick and roll and you know those switching situations and then staying in front of your guy you know where um, there's times we've had that when rudy's in the game and we'll you know have him shift and try to protect the rim and then we're in rotation so um we just got to be better in that situation we're not unfamiliar with either of those situations um we probably have you know played the other one um, the ladder with, with Rudy, but Rudy had just come out of the game. So um, obviously we, we only played that lineup for a few minutes. I think it was minus three, maybe we missed a couple. They made a couple, but um, that's not something that um, we've done because our bigs have been so effective, but it was, it, it was called for tonight, in my opinion. Them being aggressive and three to start the game, they kind of turned the mid-range a little bit more in that second half. But it looked like a lot of your guys, your guys were contesting in that hand space. So like Deshaunce and Derek was just so good. Yeah, and and you know, Sarah, that I think we were. You can be on someone, but if you don't have your hand up and contesting early with, with some of the threes, um, you know, guys build confidence and. Uh, you know, they have particularly, you know, DeJounte, you know, is an excellent mid-range player. And, you know, as you said, he shot over Mike a couple of times. We changed the matchup and put Royce on him. Um, and that, you know, the communication between the big, um, I thought Rudy got to him and made a good contest. One time he missed, another time he made it. Um, usually we, when that happens, you're challenged on the boards, but we were in position to rebound. Um, but, you know, they, again, they, they deserve to win that game. You know, we 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 need to play better. I, mean, I know our team feels like we can. And, you know, this is this is not uh, this is something that we have to continue to to focus on, recognize, and fight. Where we have you know lapses where we're we're not as focused on the defensive end as we need to be. Whether it's transition defense or you know you can see it in those situations where you know we don't communicate quite enough. There's you know, if the team's missing, you can get away with it. But 
when they're you know when they're making and there's aggressive i mean clearly that their game plan was to you know not pass up any threes shoot contested threes if they're available and you know i thought but again we you know we played we gave up a 23 point second quarter so you know to me it just it's all about our defense and if you're going to give up 41 in the third and 23 in the second you know that that's just a question of us um having more focus and resolve on that end because we're clearly capable of doing it there you go that's jazz head coach quinn snyder his team uh falls tonight to the spurs by two 128 to 126 talk a lot about the defense there one thing that stood out to me coach and i think sometimes uh, coach snyder is really good with words you know he's a smart guy um that duke education sometimes he's he's really good at summing things up he was actually asked about what uh, the issue on defense was in the third quarter specifically and he said the word he just used the word he said resolve and it was what, perfect what a great word that's exactly yes. what i was going to go to i mean resolve absolutely stands out because it says so much in such a small word but it also is totally 100% on the money um it, it's what i stammered around here <laughs> trying to find the words to say prior to going to coach, but it was the focus. It was, um, you know, we've seen this team really be urgent defensively and really be locked into the details, and that was what was missing. And so, yeah, it's not a scheme. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an excuse, right? Uh, it really was resolve at the end of the day, and their inability to string together consistency on the defensive end. And he did, uh, rightfully so, and, and Coach Snyder's really good at this. He gave credit. He said San Antonio went out, went out and won it, and they absolutely did, and they played hard, and they played really well and played team ball for sure. But, yeah, what was lacking in the third quarter? Resolve. It's like, well put, Coach. I could not have could not have put it better myself. That uh, that was what they were lacking. And we are uh, – we got word going to hear from Rudy Gobert a little later in the, in the show. I would guess Rudy probably would agree with some points Coach made right there. Yeah, he's – if nothing else, this team, and I, I think they, they are more transparent than most teams. You know, a lot of guys go out there, the coach, and they're going to try to figure out how to say nothing for six minutes and then get out of there. But it's not the way with this team. They talk about the details, and I think that that is, if you really listen, it, it, there's enlightening moments throughout the year. And we'll come back to this. Resolve will be a word we use again. Yep. Uh, the good news is, though, uh, the Jazz did score more than 111 points. Score big with Arby's. This season when the Jazz score 111 or more points in game, Jazz app users score a free Arby's classic roast beef sandwich the next day. Download the Utah Jazz app. Turn on notifications and visit utahjazz.com slash score big to learn more. That just means Jeff uh, producing tonight with a little more pep in his step. Is there, any way I could, is there any way I can just quit now? Like, I want to I retire undefeated. But I guess you are undefeated so far. So I'll keep going. What are you at? Four and zero, five and zero, five, five and zero. But one of those was Tommy Connors, so it depends if no. we're counting that or not. No, I think it's five for me. Well, you've got the book. Never mind. Yeah, he would know. He's so, no. He knows way better. Than I, I know. Plus, this I is, can't remember. I what love I'm it. saying in mid sentence. This is five this. in total. One from okay. Tommy Connor. Well, we'll take. Me. I don't want to take Tommy's. Tommy four and zero. Because Tommy will fill in again. And and Tommy will will keep his stat too. But uh, you know, uh, drown your sorrows with a roast beef sandwich tomorrow at uh, at Arby's for Utah Jazz app users. All right, post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz fall tonight at home. 
to the Spurs, 128 to 126. We'll get you some player sound coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Brought to you by our friends Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. 128 to 126 is your final. Jazz fall tonight at home to the Spurs. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe uh, with you. We will get uh, more locker room sound coming up here momentarily, but let's get a look at your points in the paint tonight. Brought to you, as always, by our friends at Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Uh, tonight, points in the paint, even Jazz and Spurs. Uh, actually, I take that back. I misread it. Jazz outscored the Spurs in the paint 64-54. to And it was that area just right outside that, you know, we call it the nail, but the free throw line extended that that's where really Murray and, and White, Derek White, they made hay right in that area. That was the, that was more the area than the paint. But, um, yeah, you, you want the Jazz. We talked about how they've emphasized rim. They've done a good job of that. Um, so the offense was plenty good tonight. It was just uh, defensively, just couldn't get enough stops. Uh, our guy Ben Anderson of uh, KSLSports.com has uh, unearthed this uh, stat nugget, uh, Coach. The Spurs went 24 of 30 inside the arc in the second half. Wow. Wow is right. That's amazing. Again, I those are numbers that are hard to do if the defense has just said, hey, just take these shots. Like 24 out of 30 in horse is pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. Uh, let's get some uh, some more post-game sound for you. Let's go back down to the media room, and let's now hear from Rudy Gobert. We didn't play defense. I mean, we score how many? 41 points? It's, it's tough to take pride, you know, being – at being a defensive-minded team and, and allow uh, anybody to score 41 points in the quarters. They got 12 corner threes tonight, and uh, obviously you guys usually do a good job of preventing that. So how are they getting those looks? I think they were getting anything they wanted, to be honest. Uh, if they would have wanted to shoot 20, to shoot 30, they probably could have. You know, they were getting anywhere they wanted to. Uh, they were finishing in the paint. Uh, and I'm the number one cause for that. They were finishing like anything they wanted to in the paint, and uh, you know they 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 got going. And then you know when we we decide to play defense, uh, they're feeling good, so they they start making those really really tough shots, and they make like uh, I don't know in the last three minutes they probably like got one easy shot. The, all the other shots were like contested, like usually low percentage shots, but tonight they were feeling good because we. Allow them to feel good. When you were saying that with this team, there's it, it seemed like there's a constant kind of reinforced and to recommit on defense that it periodically becomes something you guys lose focus on. What do you guys do about that at this point? I think you know is right. Um, we didn't come in this game with a defensive mindset, and you know when we. Is the NBA like it doesn't matter who you play, uh, you know? Especially like as a team like us, when teams like teams always come in with a chip on the shoulder and you know, try to beat us. So, you know, if we don't have that defensive mindset, uh, guys gonna guys gonna score. I mean, they're gonna score 
in a variety of ways. And tonight, that's what it did. We gave them confidence in the first quarter, and then we just, uh, you know, going. second quarter was great. You know, I thought we really locking in defensively, and uh, and then third quarter, you know, we we started. Uh, yeah, we uh, we just didn't have any presence. And, and once again, it starts with me. You know, I, I gotta be, I gotta be better. You know, I know these guys rely on me, so I gotta be, I gotta be much better. And uh, and I wasn't that tonight. But uh, I think it's it's on mindset, you know, and. You know, we got to understand that we're going to score, uh, and especially when we play defense. So, you know, sometimes it's good to be to get humbled a little bit, uh, understand what we need to do uh, in order to be the team that we can be. And, uh, you know, we scored a lot of points. You know, it's, it, was, it was a nice pickup game. <laughs> but we, we got yeah, we to take pride defensively every night and, and not worry about who we play, but worry about ourselves. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, it's about us. and. Whoever we play, if we don't have that mindset, we're gonna get in a position like tonight when we when we lose a game, you know, that we should win. Love Rudy when he comes on and and tells you exactly how he's feeling about things, and you can you can tell he is bothered, almost almost borderling borderlining on uh, coach. I got the kind of the impression maybe maybe even a little embarrassed at the at the defensive effort tonight. Yeah, the the word he used. We talked about Quinn's resolve, but when he dropped a, it was a nice pickup game, and that's what it did feel like. Yeah, um, you know, there there have been games that, you know, like th- that was so different than the Boston Celtics game in here. You know, the Jazz gave up a huge number, but like it was a different type of situation because they were executing offensively too. It's really high level tonight. It it did feel like um, I don't know that the Jazz. Many of the Jazz guys thought they'd lose tonight, and it was one of those games where they, uh, early on, the effort maybe wasn't as good, the communication wasn't as good, and the Spurs really took advantage of kind of getting a, a rhythm going, and then couldn't, really the Jazz couldn't slow them down. Yeah, it, it seemed like the Jazz got away from uh, a little bit some of the things that have been working so well for them, and and again, credit the Spurs for having a game plan to throw the Jazz off of kind of. Uh, their rhythm, but it, it felt like they didn't do some of the hard stuff that's been working for them. And that's defensively. And, and by the way, I like it too that Rudy holds himself accountable. You know, when he's talking about his team not having a good defense, uh, a good defensive night, he said, you know, San Antonio was way too good at the rim. And he said, that's on me. That's that's my responsibility. So I, I like that about Rudy. He, he talks about the team, but, you know, he doesn't do it without taking personal accountability. Yeah, there's, and I like that. For me, that's growth too. Yeah, we talk about growth. I mean, it would be easy for Rudy in his position to kind of, and we've heard it before, where maybe he wasn't including himself. Yeah, tonight I felt like for sure he he made it a point to say, um, you know, them scoring at the rims on me. Uh, but I do believe he, like always, he's a hundred percent on the money, and his assessment was really good. All right, let's uh, let's check out your master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the per, uh, preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light is also proud to present this year's master of the glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate five dollars to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight, uh, your master of the glass, as usual, Rudy Gobert who uh, had 14 boards tonight, four offensive. Uh, four of those were offensive rebounds. And uh, Rudy tonight, 16 points, 14 boards, two, count them, two block shots. But I'm looking at the other, you know, the Jazz had a decent enough 
total rebounding number at 50, but uh, that was kind of spread out amongst the rest of the team. Pretty much the entire rest of the team had anywhere from four to six boards, so kind of a team effort on the rebounds tonight. Yeah, and I, and I like that. You know, that's, that's, a good, that's a good thing to have, everybody kind of sharing that load. Uh, Rudy just a, a skiff under his season average of 14.7, uh, league leading right now. Uh, I actually talked to him a little bit about it. He, he said it is an area that he's, he's worked on trying to figure out angles of the ball coming off, um, you know, work to try to increase his hand-eye coordination. And uh, he's done a good job because he's, he is the most dominant rebounder in the game now. He is, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's another stage. I know you in that uh, conversation with Rudy, can't remember if you or Hatch asked him about uh, making it. It was you who asked him about improving and making improvements to his game. And that the rebounding one was a step he had to make, a big step he had to make last year after they, well, I guess two years ago. Man, it all runs together with, uh, with yeah, it's the, like one the weird year. world right. that we've been in for the past couple of years. Uh, but uh, when they brought in Bogdanovich and said goodbye to Derek Favors the first time, all of that uh, rebounding responsibility or a lot of it was going to fall on him. And Rudy absolutely stepped to the plate. And the Jazz are still a really good rebounding team. And uh, Rudy, uh, as usual, deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, he's he, he is uh, he's fun to watch. And like you said, four more offensive rebounds tonight. Those are really hard to get, especially from the position. He's always at a disadvantage there. So it's great effort by Rudy. All right, we'll uh, hopefully get you more player sound coming up right around the corner. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Tough loss tonight for the Jazz. 128-126. to They fall to the San Antonio Spurs. We'll have more for you coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, 128 to 126 is your final jazz fall. But let's get right down to the media room and hear from Donovan Mitchell. Then came right off. Do you feel like you were playing at 100% when you were able to be out there? Or did, were you still kind of it was still, I was still a little messed up from it, uh, from the jump once once it happened in the first quarter. Um, but, you know, those things comes in waves. You know, it just unpredictable. Um, second quarter, I probably felt the best. And then throughout the game, it just it just happened again. And, you know. You playing through contact over and over again, it's gonna, it's bound to happen again. So, um, but I'm good. How often would you say it kept coming up? Uh, I wouldn't say that much. I would say in spurts. You know, when you sit down, but the timeouts were were, were helpful. The 18 of them that both teams had calls. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say like it happened every two minutes. No, but it just, it just literally just came in spurts. And for unfortunately, it came at the wrong time in the fourth. But you know, I was able to get back out there and and, and finish the game. Did you get a chance to watch, rewatch the last play? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, wait, which one? The one I missed? Or, well, I mean, I missed both, but which one? The very last shot? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I haven't. Honestly, when I caught it, I didn't see much. Um, I just knew I had two seconds and I had the ball in my hand and I was praying they, they fouled me. I really didn't, I honestly didn't get a clean look. They, they did a great job of keeping the five on the ball and, you know, switching out and, being able to uh, affect the la- affect my jump shot in the last play, but that's why I couldn't I couldn't see anything. Were you surprised on the play before then that that rolled off? Yeah, especially after Lonnie's shot had rolled in, I figured we'd get the benefit. But you know, as basketball gods, when you don't defend all game, you know you don't deserve for that shot to go in. You know we don't guard the way we didn't guard, and they they played well. You know that's kind of how this game works. You know the basketball gods, what we call it, and 
you know, they got rewarded for a great effort, you know, and we didn't, you know, we didn't really play up to our standards on, on many different levels. And, you know, nights like this happen and we've been solid to keep, we've been good, you know, to keep these nights from happening, but, you know, this is a wake up call and we got to respond and we got to get ready for tomorrow. How do you lock down tighter on guys like Kelly Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Jonathan Murray, guys who had the big games tonight? Yeah, they, they, um, you know, they, they got downhill, they got to their spots and then, you know, when they hit their their easy ones, you know, now the tough ones start going in now because you got their rhythm, got their confidence, and those guys can those guys can play, man. You know, at the end of the day, um, it's 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 something we just made it easy on them to start. You know, really the third quarter, a little bit, we started trading buckets back and forth, kind of coasted our way through, and then you know when they, they see shots fall, that's when the the tough contested ones over Rudy or the the tough layup at the end those go in because you know they're they're in the groove, they're in the rhythm. Um, so we just gotta we gotta do a better job as a group uh, to lock in defensively against against those guys. And I, I got you gotta give them credit. You know they played a hell of a game and you know they executed well. Watching through, it looked like they were rejecting screens pretty often and getting downhill that way. Do you, I mean, what did you see in those situations, and kind of how do you prevent penetration or make it hard? Uh, I think a lot of it, you know, the rejection of a screen. You know, it's because we're we're jumping into a we call channel, which, you know, the, the big will be there. But sometimes when they you were big, when they, they were good at doing a good job of manipulating the defense and we weren't doing a great job of getting locked and keeping them from going straight downhill. So, you know, a lot of times they will reject, but we're, we're keeping we're we're damn near back in front, you know, and, and then you have Rudy being, you know, creating that indecision, you know. So, you know, on both ends, we got to be better. You know, I think we, we didn't do a great job of getting locked and they were moving free. And then that's when the tough, the mid-range start going in. So once the mid-range starts going, you got to respect that. Now you're playing them differently. Now they're getting downhill to what they want to do. So it really starts with the on-ball pressure and then the communication between the guard and the big, um, which we've done very well, you know, and we've, we, tonight, you know, they, they shoot mid-range. I've, I've, ever since I've been here, you know, San Antonio has been, you know, that team, the, the mid-range team and continuing to find, even when DeMar was there and then Rudy Gay was over there. So they did a good job of it. You know, like I said, they were comfortable um, and we, we didn't do a great job on all fronts. You know, and we just got to get better at that. Rather than sort of warming up and I mean, like committing to the defense just right out of the gate, I mean, if they get confidence early on, they yeah. don't have to worry about that later. Yeah, I, I think, it, like you said, it starts from the jump, you know, it, and, you know, just being able to to just set a tone, you know, whether the shots fall or not, just setting a tone to, uh, defensively. Um, I can't say we all did that every possession. I can't really say we did that for 48 minutes. We had stretches. You know, they scored 30-some 30, 30 points in the first quarter um, to start. You know, we hadn't done that pretty much in, in, a, in a while. Um, you know, that kind of set the tone right there. And then we responded well in the second quarter, third quarter, we kind of got a little nonchalant and now we're in a dogfight in the fourth quarter. Um, so we set the tone early, like we have been doing um, nights like this one happen and we got to get back in transition, communicate There were possessions where I didn't say a damn thing, you know, like we didn't talk, we didn't say anything. And we have been alerting, we've been alerting active with everything we've done uh, the past few, few weeks. And, you know, we just got to get back to that. And thankfully we got a game tomorrow. So we'll get to correcting it ASAP. Appreciate it. All right, there you go. That's uh, that is Donovan Mitchell. I that last part was really interesting, where he admitted uh, he said there were possessions that I didn't say a thing. Again, personal accountability. I love that, uh, and that's very interesting coming from Donovan uh, because it just it goes to show you, like, you know how to do the right things. I think we can all relate to this on on some level, right? You, you we know what we're supposed to be doing, but sometimes for some reason, whatever the case may be, and maybe it, you know, Donovan talked about how he's feeling. You know, not not real tip top. 
you know, maybe that has something to do with it. But isn't that interesting? Is we know we have to communicate, but there were possessions where I didn't even say anything. You know, isn't that? It's very human. Oh, it's, it's way human, and it's it's the human element. It's what makes all this so fun because otherwise, you know, the numbers would be set. And everything would go according to number, and there would be no surprise. And it is the ebb and flow of, for this team, I really believe it's the ebb and flow of consistency and focus. Um, You know, Rudy talked about, um, you know, with us about about communication, how vital it is, and how they've got to get better at it. And then Donovan says, you know, after an eight-game win streak, somehow, some way, they're not as locked in on the detail to communicate. Um, and it's, it's really the, the journey of a season. It's what makes winning a championship so fruitful at the end, because you have to go through all this stuff and nobody goes through a season without these disappointing losses. Right. And I think the, that's a great point. The identifying mark of that is the human element. That's, that's the differentiator. All right. It is your jazz game night post game show. Uh, jazz fall tonight to the Spurs by two. It's brought to you. Uh, Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, with you. We're not sure we should get uh, another player um, in the media room. Sometimes it's a little bit in, uh, unpredictable, but uh, we're expecting to have at we least usually uh, get three. Right? Yeah, we're expecting to have at least one more player. So stay tuned for that. But uh, right now. Let's get to your uh, Chick-fil-A shot, uh, foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight, from the line, the Jazz were 21 of 26 for 81%. The Spurs were 13 of 18 for 72%. That's a great number for the Jazz getting the line, actually. That is not the reason they lost this one. 26, that's a good number. Yeah, the free throw rate was up, and they actually did a good job of keeping the San Antonio free throw rate down. So that's an area they won. But again, it's consistency across the board uh, that this team really needs to continue to focus on. Donovan was uh, pleased uh, with the Jazz offensive performance in the first quarter. He he was right pointing that out. They haven't had uh, many first quarters where they've scored. You know, 37 is a, is a pretty wildly high number. But, you know, they haven't necessarily begun games Begun? That's right. Uh, begun games. <laughs> scoring the ball. We've only uh, just begun. <laughs> One of those words where you're like, did that sound <laughs> right? I think that's right. Oh, all right. We've got Mike Conley. Let's go back down to the media room. Everyone's been talking about how, like, not defending them early on overlooks that they were getting. You guys gave them confidence later on the game. Well, on the other side of that, when you have that happening, you get overlooks early on. Is that is that like a real thing where you get confidence when you throw up the game? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, for guys like us who, you know, we all want to have a good look to kind of start the game or a good look to, you know, get into a rhythm. You don't want to have to be taking contested shots and, and you know, all that stuff just to try to make a basket. So when you do get something in rhythm and you get something that's kind of, you know, a workout shot for you, I think it does uh, play, play well for you for the rest of the game. And we uh, – we gave them a lot of those opportunities, a lot of those opportunities, and and they're a well-coached team. They play hard, and and um, and you can lose games like we did tonight when you know they they make tough shots at the end. The issue was just in terms of allowing so many open ones. Um, a lot of it is is you know I think we got you know had some communication breakdowns in transition, 
a couple of times we were stabbing at the ball, um, you know, diving in for offensive rebounds and thought we had some chances to, to we call Euro foul and take a foul early in transition to try to take away a, a fast break opportunity. And we just didn't do it. So uh, it was kind of a, a lack of uh, a focus there uh, and a lapse. And um, we relied heavily on the way our offense was playing for the majority of the game. And once we started to miss shots and, you know, things weren't falling our way, I uh, allowed him to get back in the game. John, I've been going in and out with that, some nausea. How much does that kind of affect your guys' rhythm? Um, I think it can affect us because, you know, first of all, we didn't know what was going on. So we're, you know, one minute I'm sitting in the corner, the next minute coach is telling me to go win the game. And, you know, I'm like, where's Don at? You know, I don't know what's going on. So our roles change just, you know, in a, in a split second. So um, we all just have to adapt in those situations. And Don obviously was fighting through it and, um, you know, and, and played as best he could while, while, while under that kind of situation. But um, I thought that, you know, we handled it how we handled it. We still should have, you know, came away with a win. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a lesson learned. All right. Thank you. Mike Conley and uh, Mike tonight finished uh, 18 points, six assists, six boards for Mike, seven of 17 shooting four of 10 uh, from three, but yet another player talking about uh, issues tonight, not offense, not offensively for the Utah jazz. Uh, they shot 49 and a half percent from the field, 13 of 37 from three, maybe that attempt number you'd like to see go up, but that's not a, not a terrible night from downtown. So don't think this is one where you're going to look uh, offensively and say that's where this team lost it. No, no, they played plenty fine offensively. I mean, they had 75 points at the half. Um, so it's it's a, it's certainly one of those things where defense let them down. It was the the detail, the focus. And, and Mike said, you know, at the end of his comments there, lesson learned. And, and unfortunately, within the NBA season, you you have these streaks where you play phenomenal. Um, and everything's kind of clicking. A game like tonight, you know, offense was good. Defense lapsed a little bit. And then a little bit of bad luck, but uh, the Spurs got really, really hot. And, um, you know, and I think the Jazz had something to do with that, too, like Quinn said, with their kind of being in and out of focus. Uh, real quick here, and I'm sure Jazz fans won't mind if we take a break uh, from talking about this tough loss for a second. But uh, the, the second game on ESPN uh, tonight, um, Minnesota is pounding the Lakers by 19, 98 to 79 with seven and a half minutes to go. And this is a Minnesota team without Anthony Edwards, who is now in, uh, in the proto COVID proto protocols, man, the Lakers are a mess. They cannot shoot at all at all. They, don't I mean, they might shooter. want to start trying to punt the ball in from the perimeter because they, they might have a better chance. They just signed Isaiah Thomas in last graphic. I saw them uh, throw up there on the TV. He's uh, he's taken 12 shots already tonight, probably because uh, Frank Vogel is like, Isaiah, listen, please you shoot, please. I've seen you make threes. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen plenty of video. We're going to need you to shoot on this team immediately because none of our guys can throw it anywhere near the ocean. Well, not to mention the other part of it that's crazy is right now on the floor for the Lakers, you got Isaiah Thomas and Russell Westbrook. You've got um, at one point you had Rondo and LeBron and Carmelo. That was your five. I mean, it's like a TBT or uh, the big three. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. roll out these legendary old guys like Joe Johnson plays in that thing now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a team it's, full of that. It really is. They they may. 
I'd, I'd be curious to see if they're the oldest team assembled. They've got to, it's got to be close if they're not the oldest team assembled. I'm sure if, if Locke's listening, David, text us in. Do your I magic. guarantee that, that was up. the oldest <laughs> five to ever play since Tom McMillan played for the Washington Bullets. But, I mean, they're just struggling. You think, you know, LeBron throughout his career, it's it, it could be LeBron and, uh, you know, and uh, the, the, uh, the Orem third ward. And LeBron would carry him, you know, and you knew you could just set your watch to it. Like, okay, this team's got LeBron on it, so they're going to be good no matter what. And I don't think that's this year's team. And I, I, I got to say, I don't necessarily blame it on LeBron. It's just not a really well-constructed roster because nobody has room to operate because nobody could shoot. Uh, you know, we're watching, um, uh, we were watching the game here with a, a friend of yours, uh, who, who yeah, you my, coached, my guy, Coach uh, John Wardenberg. Shout and, out, Johnny. And uh, and Coach was talking about the the spacing for the Jazz and just how how great it is. And and it's fun to hear you two coaches kind of talk about what's going on. The Lakers have none of that. I mean, I I this is non LeBron. He's playing against. He's playing one on four or one or excuse me, one on five because they can just pack it in. They can. It's it's tough, man. It's, but but we all saw that. I, at least I think everybody saw this coming. It was uh, all, all those acquisitions. You're like, wait a second, <laughs> who's going to shoot it? Because it, yeah, that's kind of an important element too. And I always come back to this, and and certainly we're not here to dwell on the Lakers. But the, they had a trade set up for Buddy Heald with the Kings, and I thought to myself, that oh, that's perfect. Uh, Buddy's going to have nothing but open shots all all game, every game. He's going to sit back there and just make a living. And then they nixed that trade in the same day trade for Russell Westbrook. And it was like, no, that's not it. That That's not going to solve your shooting problems at all. And now, of course, you saw the reports uh, this week that uh, that the Lakers might be shopping around good old Russ already. Wouldn't be surprising. I mean, they, they've got to do something. Um, but I don't know how long Vogel will be around. I imagine he'll be the probably the first guy off the island, if history is any indication. Which... I, I mean, I guess I'm not a huge. Well, I guess I'm indifferent on Frank Vogel. He's had some good no, coaching performances, and not, but that, that's not happen. his issue. He no. didn't. No. He didn't. He didn't assemble the squad. Yeah, right. Uh, well, the Jazz lose tonight by two to the San Antonio Spurs, one twenty-eight to one twenty-six. Coming up next, we'll have your uh, play of the game, and uh, we'll get Coach Combs' final thoughts on this one as uh, the Jazz lose a tough one. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. 128-126 is your final. We'll get some uh, final thoughts coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Larson working. Trying to dance free. Comes off the Gobert pick. Snakes into the lane. Fakes out. Colonel badly and scores it. Oh, my God. Paul Bates with a right square back, laid it up and in, and Yaka Pertle was in promo, and you don't like to be in promo. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. There's our guy, David Locke, with the uh, the play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Uh, Jazz fall, tough one tonight. Lose to the Spurs, one twenty-eight to one twenty-six. Post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real <laughs> Mark Miller Subaru customers. 
Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Stop. Uh, apologies. We're laughing about a completely unrelated matter. Coach Coach and Jeff made good jokes before we came coming back on. It should be illegal. We should yeah. have to go in separate rooms during the break now. You shouldn't think... be allowed to make those jokes before because we Because I'm crying. Back. Especially after a tough loss, Coach. We sound like we're laughing inappropriately. Well, so my grandma, Samson, used to tell me all the time. She'd say, Timmy. You might as well laugh as cry. And it's one of those nights, man. I certainly look back, and there's all sorts of things the Jazz could have done to prevent it. Um, but, again, less, it's a lesson along the way. Uh, I don't think – I think the one great thing about this team, they've never gotten too high or too low. I think they've always been pretty honest with where they are. And the defensive side of the ball is a little bit of a question mark at times with this team, and they've just got to figure out a way to shore it up. Man, that's Mike Conley, right? The even guy. I was I was talking to a friend about that the other day. We were chatting about Mike Conley, and you know, we we heard his uh, his post game comments in the last segment. There, that dude is just, you know, we talked about the focus defensively, and it's it's all very matter of fact. He's very he's very even, not very emotional. But uh, his leadership has made an impact on this team in a variety of different ways. But I, that that might be the major one. Is I think he's kind of that calming that calming voice in the locker room. Well, you, you can't, you know, you cannot get too high or too low. It was always an issue with me. I, I was not made of the right emotional stuff to handle, you know, devastation. Um, I was always okay. It was almost like we won games and it was a stay of execution, you know, but you lose a game and it'd be like, it would be this battle of wills. And, and I do sense that this team has the ability to, to really enjoy wins, but not, you know, too much. And I think that when they do lose and they don't lose a ton, um, this is number eight on the season. Uh, it's for them. It's a a situation where they take the lesson from it. They don't, you know, overreact to it. But but the defensive theme, I think, is it's valid. You know, I think Rudy, um, his points were really really perfect. They they have to be based. You know, defense has to be kind of the base for this team. It's where they have to kind of start. What do you think uh, the Jazz been better on the road than at home this year? They're ten and. Excuse me, 10 and 5 at home, 10 and 3 on the road. Interesting. I don't know. And one thing I will say on that last road trip is the very thing I praised every night was their ability to focus and be consistent with their focus throughout the game. The that's why they that sweat missing. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, running the floor, you know, the little details that you take for granted when they're going good, but when, you know, you, you take a little bit of a break, you pay the price. Yeah. And it seemed like they, they, Took a break from a few things tonight that's been that's been working for him. And it is one of the things, you know, the everybody reads, you know, sees the standings. They know that this team, it, it, you know, personnel-wise, you know, nothing that's really going to scare you to death. And, that, that, again, the human element of, yeah, we're going to be fine. Right. And, you know, you, you go in with that mindset as opposed to, hey, they're going to come in here and play hard. You know, that's probably what the coaches preached. I heard Quinn talk about it, and we talked about it in the pregame. All right, uh, just a re- little review if you're just joining us. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 27, to lead the way for the Jazz tonight on 10 of 23, 3 of 11. He was not feeling well tonight. Uh, Coach Snyder said he had to go to the locker room in the fourth to uh, – uh, um, he was nauseous and had to throw up. Apparently that was not the case. He was nauseous, but he did not throw up and uh, returned to the game after he was feeling better. Uh, but uh, that was kind of a, a key stretch. So Donovan fighting a little bit to to o- overcome some illness. He actually talked about that. 
uh, after the last game too. Uh, Jordan Clarkson had 21 coming in off the bench, eight of 15 shooting three of seven uh, from three. Mike Conley with 18, six and six Rudy Gobert tonight, 16, 14 and two uh, Bogdanovich uh, 16 uh, tonight. Royce O'Neal had 11 to go along with uh, five rebounds and four assists uh, for San Antonio. Nice night from uh, Keldon Johnson, who was red hot 10 of 13 from the field. Four of five from three, 24 points, eight boards. Uh, they got uh, 22 from Derek White tonight. Um, how about uh, DeJounte Murray? We haven't talked about him much in the postgame, Coach. He had a double-double, 16 points, 11 assists, uh, and a, or excuse me, he had a triple-double, 16 points, 11 assists, and 11 rebounds. What a nice player. Oh, I, l- I really like him. And, and you see like his length, how it affects both sides of the ball, um, his ability to get in a situation, kind of like Bojan, but not in the post, more in the mid range. But they, you know, they they got him against Mike a couple times. I actually had a Twitter. Um, Bob Martin tweeted at me and said, "You know, why wouldn't the Jazz put a bigger guy in there instead of Conley?" I think, you know, uh, I think you roll with your lineup. Um, I don't think it was anything that they maybe should. But but Quinn said they they a couple times got Mike in that matchup and had to get him out of it. You know, so. Uh, Murray's a, he's a real threat. He's, he's a nice player plays with a great pace and, uh, certainly be, you know, it, it pays to be coached by Popovich cause he, he gets the best out of him. He's a build around piece. I think he's a build around. Yeah. Piece. He's a build Fourth around year? piece. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's a talented player. He, he caused the jazz some, some issues. That's for sure. And a triple double, man, we should have talked about him more in the post game for sure. Lonnie Walker had 19, including that last shot that, uh, that put the Spurs up for good. Uh, Vassal had, 13. So uh, San Antonio, they put the ball in the basket a lot tonight. They did. And it's not something they do all the time. I, I think they shot, uh, they certainly put on a performance from two tonight um, that the Jazz could not slow down. All right, Coach Lacombe, a couple of final thoughts for us before we close the book on this one because the Jazz are back at it tomorrow night. Resolve. Resolve. That's the word of the night. I think it is the word of the night. And I, I think in that word, you know, the the idea that you know, we are consistently trying to get a little bit better. Um, it's impossible probably to, to improve daily, although you try. Uh, this team just hit a, they hit a, a little lapse, a lull, and they just have got to find a way um, to really emphasize, uh, of all other things, defense has got to be locked in all the time. We want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped out on the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone calling all of the action, doing a great job. Thanks to the broadcast assistants who worked with us tonight. Thanks to Jeff Carroll, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller's Subaru, title sponsor of the postgame show. The My Subaru is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller's Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. MySubaruIs.com. And, of course, Coach Lacombe. Thank you, buddy. I won't. Uh, I won't see you tomorrow night. PK is going to be filling in. Big thanks to to Patrick and Ann. Uh, have a good call. Down at you, uh, uh, Weber State BYU tomorrow. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be a fun one. So thanks, man. It was fun to to laugh with you and Jeffrey tonight. I had a good time. Uh, your final. The Jazz lose tonight to the Spurs, one twenty eight to one twenty six. Our next broadcast coming your way tomorrow night. The Jazz take on the Washington Wizards. That game will tip off at seven o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 6, and of course you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.